Well, welcome to Fourth Avenue, whether you are here in this room or joining us, as Mark said, at home. Maybe you're in your living room or in your kitchen with a cup of coffee or somewhere around the house. Maybe it's Tuesday afternoon and you finally got time to worship with us, but we're glad you're joining us and we're glad you're here. And I personally cannot wait until we can all be back together in this room, until we have students packing this section over here and we have little kids running up and down the aisles and then there's always the person sitting about halfway back who spills their coffee and it runs down these new floors and so you see people rush out for paper towel. I can't wait till that happens again, right? I mean, I think we could all say amen when we have a coffee spill in here. So, uh, man, Fourth Avenue, hang in here with us as we get through this, as we figure out how to worship, how to be together, and let's stay connected in, in whatever ways we can and whatever that looks like. So uh, to the, I guess this morning that looks like you listening to me ramble on for a little while, but we'll get through it, I promise you. So uh, we're going to continue our series on life verses. And again, this morning, I've got two life verses I want to share with you. And we're going to get to those in just a minute, but I want to start out with, with a little story. But before I get to that, I want you to think about what we fill ourselves with, right? I want you to think about what, what do you see with your eyes? What do you hear with your ears? What kind of things do you fill yourself with? And this is not one of those lessons about how we need to fill ourselves with gospel music and Christian programming on TV, but it's just... Uh, a time for us to really be honest and think about what we fill ourselves with. And I'm, I'm going to talk to myself as much as I talk to anybody else this morning, because if I'm not intentional and I don't think about what I put in and I don't think about how that influences me, then all of a sudden I can find myself filling myself with things that maybe aren't the best. Lately, I have been wearing out an Eric Church album. I don't know if there's any Eric Church fans out here. Not the best music in the world, but oh man, to me lately, I've been wearing this album out so much that my kids are going, oh my goodness, that song again? Does dad listen to that song again? But for whatever reason, this album right now, it's a couple of years old and I'm just getting around to it, but it, it's speaking to me right now for some reason. And so I play it over and over and I'll probably listen to it in my truck on my way home when I leave here today. I found myself Friday night wanting to watch a movie called Open Range. It's a Kevin Costner, it's a Western. Um, and I watched this movie first with a friend of mine who I used to have this Thanksgiving tradition, me and my friend Austin, after Thanksgiving, he would do Thanksgiving with his family when we were in college and I would do Thanksgiving with my family. But then I would go pick him up that night. He would throw all his hunting gear in my truck and we would head down to a farm in Hickman County where we used to hunt. And one of the things we would do, there's a little farmhouse down there we got to stay in and didn't realize just how blessed I was back then that to get to use all that. But we, we, we took the movie Open Range with us one time and we watched it and we got through it and we said, what a terrible movie. I mean, we thought it was so bad. The scenery in that movie is beautiful if you've seen it, but we thought it was corny, it was goofy, the acting wasn't good. And so the next year we actually took it and we watched it to make fun of it and have a laugh. But I found myself, the more times I saw that movie coming around to it and falling in love, not just with the scenery in that movie, but with the characters and with the story. And so I found myself Friday night after I had, had reminisced with Austin a little bit about this movie that we used to watch. I thought, I wanna, I wanna see that movie. And it's a Western, there's, there's killing, there's gunshots. I thought maybe not the best thing for me to put in, but it's something I wanted to see. And I was upset, I was disappointed because I was going to have to pay Hulu extra money 
to rent it, even though we have a Hulu subscription. So as stubborn as I am, I chose not to watch it, but I'm sure I'll see that movie at some point again. But the question is, what do we fill ourselves with, right? What, what do we put in? One more story before we get to our, our, our passage, and I promise we're going to look at a couple of life verses. If you want to be turning to Galatians while I share this, this story with you, several years ago, something crazy happened. I want to tell you about something crazy that happened several years ago. And you're going to be like, that's really not that crazy, right? Because it's 2020. But several years ago, there was a gas shortage. Everybody remember this? When you went to the gas station and they were out of gas? I mean, they're, they're the ones that have gas that we fill our cars up with. And there was a gas shortage. And you went to all the different gas stations and there was no gas to be had. And so then the, the exact same thing happened earlier this year with toilet paper, right? Oh, we're low on toilet paper. And so everybody starts to rush to get more. And, and even though you've got some, you go get more. And then all of a sudden we're all out. And so we were out of gas. There was a gas shortage. And so during the shortage, my, my buddy Justin was at the gas station. He was at Mapco up here on Hillsborough Road and he was filling up his truck. And Justin, he's got a big truck he pulls a horse trailer with, and he's got, he's got this big diesel truck. And diesel was the one thing that they had still at some of the gas stations. So Justin gets the diesel out, he starts filling his truck up with diesel. And he, he tells me the story, he says, a guy pulled up next to me in his really nice car. And he didn't remember what kind of car it was, but it was a really nice car. And he said, the guy pulled up at the pump next to me, and he got the diesel nozzle out, and was gonna fill up his nice car with diesel. It was a gas-powered car, it wasn't a diesel car, but he's gonna fill it up. And so Justin, he's never met a stranger. I mean, Justin has never met a stranger, so he says, hey, what? you can't do that, what are you doing? And the, the guy looks at him, he says, well, they're out of gas, so I've gotta use this. And Justin says, you can't, you can't do that, you don't understand. It's gonna hurt your car, it's gonna do damage to your car. The guy says, well, I don't have a choice. He says, well, I mean, there's no gas, but you can't put that in your car. And, and, you know, I don't know all the details, but it can mess up your fuel system, your engine, and on and on and on, and cause a lot of damage. And when Justin told me that story, I thought, man, what do we fill ourselves with? What do I put in here? What do I put in here? What do I look at with my eyes and listen to with my ears and put in my heart? What do I fill myself up with? Because I need to fill myself up with things that help me go down the road the right way. We've got to put things in our car that help it get down the road the way it's supposed to. And we've got to put things in our heart, in our mind, that help us live the way we're supposed to live. So, we get to this verse in Galatians chapter 5. And he says this in verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit. Man, what do we fill ourselves up with? What do we live by? What do we run on? Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires that what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Okay, live by the Spirit. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. I want to talk about that word led for just a minute. We're going to focus on a couple of key words this morning. And that word led is one. And I, I want to make it real clear. I am not an expert in biblical languages. Greek is not something that I know well. Hebrew in the Old Testament is not something that I know well. But I know just enough that I can always look back and look up some definitions and try to understand some things. And this Greek word comes from the word ago. That's how it's pronounced. And it's an active personal involvement 
by the Holy Spirit in guiding us. I want you to think about that for just a minute. He says, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. He's saying, if the, if the Spirit is actively guiding you, okay? It, it, and, again, it, and, and then in the Greek language, there are lots of words that have very specific definitions. I think about how general our language can be. I can tell you, hey, I talked to Mark yesterday. And you go, okay, good, you talked to Mark yesterday. I've gotten to where when, when people say that, I, I sometimes will question what they mean by that. Because I will say, well, did you talk with him or did you text him? So, oh, well, we, yeah, we, we texted. Well, we, so I left my, I didn't bring my phone up here with me, but I've got this box that I can send somebody a message on. And now in our language, we say, I talked to that person. And there's a difference between sending a message to someone on this little device and him sending a message back and me actually calling and talking to Mark. And there's a difference between me calling and talking to Mark and me coming up to Mark face to face here in a few minutes and saying, hey, let's, I gotta talk to you about a couple things. There, you see how there's a major difference there, but we can use the word I talked to him, and it can mean a lot of different things. And sometimes in the Greek language, there are words that mean a very specific thing. And so this word can mean to lead or to bring or to carry. And I love to think about the Spirit leading us, bringing us along. If we live, if we are led by the Spirit. And then he says, you're not under law. And I want to jump down a few verses and, and read a passage that you're probably familiar with. And if you're not familiar with this passage, maybe you're joining us. It's okay. I want you to, want you to kind of think about what this passage talks about. But this is a passage we know as the fruit of the Spirit. And it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now, that's not the life verse I want to talk about this morning, but I want us to understand that this, the passage on the fruits of the Spirit is important, but what's even more important is the context in which it is given to us, okay? What he's just said is if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. You go, all right, sweet, I'm free, man. All right, I'm not under the law. But then he gives these, this list of fruits. He's saying, if you're led by the Spirit, this is what we're going to see in your life. If you're led by the Spirit, you don't have to worry about all these extra laws that the Pharisees have created and that have been made up and that you think you're supposed to follow because you're naturally going to go where the Spirit leads you. If you're led by the Spirit, if the Spirit is bringing you along, you are naturally going to do these things in your life. You don't have to worry so much about every little law because your life will follow the Spirit. Those who belong to Christ, continuing on in verse 24, have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Laurie, thanks for putting those up. I told you I would tell you when to do it, and I didn't do that. So thank you for being on top of that. So I've got another version here, the ESV. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk with the Spirit. I love that term, walk. That's another Greek word I want us to look at for just a minute. Stoikio, I think is how you pronounce this one. And it means, it can mean to walk in line behind a leader. It can mean to walk in a row, to walk in a straight line. And so he's saying, if you live with the Spirit, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step or let us walk by the Spirit. Don't walk how I want to walk. I walk how the Spirit wants me to walk. I walk the way the Spirit leads me. I walk the way the Spirit guides me. And for me personally, that takes a lot of pressure off. That kind of sets me free. It's okay, I don't have to figure all this out just right. I don't have to always know how to do the right thing because when I don't know where to go, the Spirit can guide me. 
And I was thinking about this, and I'm a, you, if, if you know me, you know that I'm a very visual guy, and like analogies and illustrations, that's just kind of how I work. So everything has to have some type of analogy for me to get it. And so I was thinking about this walking by the Spirit. Man, the Spirit is leading me, the Spirit is guiding me, walking in, I'm walking in a straight line behind the leadership of the Spirit. And I thought about wilderness trek. I got to go on wilderness trek with the youth group a few years ago and thought this summer that I was going to get to go this past summer with our youth group and that because of everything going on those plans changed but hopefully we'll get to do that again in the future before too long but I went on wilderness trek and on wilderness trek you go out to Colorado and you go out in the middle of nowhere in the Rocky Mountains it's absolutely beautiful and, and if you go through, we went through wilderness expeditions, and you go to their base camp, and you set up, and you, you spend the first night, you get to know your guides that go with you up the mountain. These, these guides are going to lead you up the mountain, and you spend the first night at base camp, and then the next day you load up all your gear, and you go to high camp, and you get settled in at high camp, and you spend a couple days at high camp, and this may sound like, man, he's fancy base camp, high camp. It's just, just places where you camp. That's all that means, and and I just was following the guides. I could go out there and maybe figure it out. But, um, but it was great because the guides do it. And you just go now. Now, did I have to pick my pack up and, and walk up the mountain? I sure did. They didn't pick me up and carry me and my gear up the mountain. But the guides led us up the mountain. And so we're at high camp and we're getting acclimated to the elevation. And we're getting excited about trying to summit this 14,000-foot mountain. And it's not, you know, what you picture where it's a straight up rock face and you got picks and all that stuff. You know, you're, you're hiking up a trail. It's pretty steep. It can be strenuous. But, um, but these guides are leading you. And I love the fact that we've got this, this group of, of students with us. We, it's a youth group trip. And the guides sit down and, and they go over, this is what this is going to be like. This is how we're going to do. These are the rules. These are expectations. What questions do you guys have? And the students ask, well, what about this? How do we do that? What should I bring this? And the guy just sits there and goes up and answers all those questions and listens and helps everybody understand what's going on. And then when you get on the trail, you get on the trail and they send two guides with you. The Holy Spirit can do all this by himself, but they send two guides with you. And there's one guide in the front and there's one guide in the back. And they do that because they don't want anybody to wander off too far out front and not know where they're going, but they also don't want anybody to get left behind, right? Because you got a group of teenagers and you got half of them that think they're Superman that want to be the first one up to the top of the mountain. And then you've got some that are, uh, you know, wishing that they, maybe they hadn't come on that trip, right? And they go, man, what? That sounded fun. It sounded fun, but it's not as fun. And uh, so you've got a guide in the back saying, can I, can I carry something for you? Can I help you? Listen, we're going to rest in a minute. Let's just keep going. And so whatever you're experiencing they are there to guide you. I thought, wow, what, what a picture for me of how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. When we're, man, when we're ready just to tackle the mountain, when we're ready to run to the top, when we're full of energy, the Spirit is there to, to help us and to guide us, to channel that energy. And then man, on those days when I'm struggling and stumbling and it's trouble to get that foot to move and get that next foot to move and take that next step and wonder if I'm going to hold myself up in the Spirit is there to say, hey, we can do this together. The Spirit's there to strengthen us. So I was thinking about this, this thing about mountain. I get on wilderness trek, and I start to, you know, say, man, we just talk about mountains, right? But, uh, but, but so I, I thought about the, the climb, the, the, the process of getting up to the top of the mountain, and it's really a journey. It's a process. You don't want to forget everything. You, you know, sometimes when you, when you look back on those trips, you go, man, 
The fun part was that day that it was raining and we had to put trash bags on our gear and we were wet and it was miserable. But man, looking back, wasn't that a good time? Here you look back and you go, man, I was so sore and I didn't think I would ever get to the top. You, you remember the view, you remember how special it was, but you remember all those moments that got you to that point. And my, I've got a friend that, that has this quote that uh, he didn't come up with it, but it, uh, he shared it with me and I, I looked it up last night and it says this, it says, climb mountains, not so the world can see you, but so you can see the world. I thought, well, that's an interesting quote. That's a cool, cool quote. Climb mountains. I'll share that one more time. Climb mountains, not so the world can see you, but so you can see the world. And so, of course, I'm going, okay, well, how can I put a little bit of a Christian spin on that, right? Like, what, what does that sound like in Christianese, right? What, what, what does that sound like if I'm going to say it up here? And I thought, what if we climb the mountain, not so the world can see us, but so that we can see God, and what if we don't just try to see God from the top of the mountain, but what if we focus on our lives on seeing God, on experiencing God, on recognizing his kingdom in the moments along the way, right? As we're making our way up the mountain, we're trying to see him. Not just, let me, let me get through this, but let me experience God. Let me feel God as I climb the mountain. I thought life, life when you walk with the Spirit, life when you're led by the Spirit, life when you're in step with the Spirit, is about what happens, right? It's not about where you get to. It's not a, just a means to an end. Well, I just got to get to this point. All right, Spirit, let me get to this point. No, it's, it's about life. It's about experiences. It's about recognizing. I was thinking about milestones, right? Man, you think about when you graduate. Think about when you got your first car. Think about when you held a newborn baby in your arms. There's all these milestones. You go, man, God, thank you for this. Thank you for being right here with me, God. Then I thought, what if we were led by the Spirit? What if we, uh, not what if, I know we're led by the Spirit, but what if we could recognize the Spirit alongside us, not just in those milestone moments, not just in those victory and triumph moments, but what if we could see it in a time of loss? What if during a period of loss, I could go, man, the Spirit is walking right beside me right now. What if when there is turmoil going on, anybody had any turmoil going on lately? Maybe, I don't know, man, I don't know about you. Um, but what if when there's turmoil going on, you could know that the Spirit is with you, that the Spirit is guiding you? What if we could know that? What if we could walk by the Spirit in all things? If we could experience God's faithfulness, not just when it's good, right? What's the, the song says, blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me. But then it says, blessed be your name when there's pain in the offering, when I'm found in the desert place. We always want to know that the Spirit is with us, that He's guiding us, that He's not leaving us in the, in the bad moments and only with us in the good. He's with us all the time. And I think that's what one of the things that He's getting at here is let us, uh, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. All right, I told you I had a second life verse for you today, and so I want us to get to that. And it's actually two, so that means we have a total of three today, but I think you'll be all right with that. And uh, if you're not, uh, there's probably an off button somewhere if you're streaming, and you can just hit that now. So, no, please don't hit that now. <laughs> please don't do that. Uh, but so uh, flip over to Ephesians for me, and we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 2, and then we're going to look at chapter 6 for just a minute. And again, this, this is, I, I keep thinking this is interesting because we just looked at the passage where the fruit of the Spirit is found, but I really tried not to focus on the fruits of the Spirit, but what is actually going on with the Holy Spirit there? And how can the Holy Spirit lead us? How can we be in step? How can we walk with the Spirit? And in just a minute, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, which is a passage about the armor of God. 
but we're really not going to talk about the armor of God. We're going to talk about what, what comes after the armor of God. So bear with me on that. But I want to talk about this verse in chapter 2 real quick, verse 10. But last night I was going, I just can't talk about verse 10 without talking a little bit about the verses before it. So he says this, and this won't be up there for you, but, but that's okay. He says this in verses 1 and 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. There's another version that says in which you once what do you think? Walked. All right. So he's saying you used to walk a certain way. You used to live a certain way. And then he says in this, and this is not the verse we're going to, but this is one of my favorite verses in verse four. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, God loves us. He's rich in mercy. We talked, we, we were doing a Wednesday night class on Micah 6, 8. We were talking about how God wants us to love mercy and God shows that to us. He models that for us because he loves mercy, because he loves us. He made us alive in Christ, uh, and he gave us his spirit. So we start out walking a certain way in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2. Then in verses 4 and 5, God who loves us, who's rich in mercy, gives us this new life in Christ. And so he says this in verse 10, and this is up on the screen for you. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And if you want to get a little more um, technical in the language, it says he created good works in order that we should walk in them. Isn't that powerful? This isn't a, well, you have to do these certain things. This is God gave us his spirit so that we could walk and experience life a certain way that fills us, that, that gives us joy, that gives us peace. Go back to that list of fruits that we looked at earlier. Self-control, how good is life? When we have self-control and joy and peace and all of those things in our lives, it's not God saying you have to do it this way. God's saying, I want you to experience life in a beautiful way. I want you to be in step with my spirit. I want you to be led. I want to guide you. I want to show you how good life can be. And so he wants us to walk a certain way. I was fortunate enough when I look at this verse and when I think about what we talked about a minute ago about recognizing God's spirit in, in all seasons of life, right? When we talked about Man, when things are good and these milestones happen, and then when things are not so good and life is difficult and life is troublesome, I was fortunate enough to live with someone and be raised by someone who did this. My mom, it seemed like no matter what happened, good day, bad day, just plain old normal day, she lived by the Spirit. She walked with the Spirit. It was just something I, I could just see in her. It wasn't ever something she told me she did. It wasn't ever something she told me how to do. She just lived it for me and I got to watch it and it took me a long time to realize that's what was going on but I went wow it doesn't matter what happens it doesn't matter how good the days are or how bad the days are she's the same because she's got this guide leading her up the mountain she has got the spirit to take her along I thought man I want that there, there's nothing to me to there's nothing better that we could have said about us right there's nothing better we could have than for somebody to say you are filled with the Spirit, you know God has a plan for you, and you carried out that plan in your life. That's what I pray, maybe someday can stand up and say this about me, when I'm not on this earth anymore, they can say, Will was filled with the Spirit, and he knew God had a plan for his life, and together with God, with the Spirit, he carried out that. Isn't that what we all want? Isn't that what it's about? To carry out the plan, the, the, the life God has created for us to li live with his Spirit. And so 
ways we can do that. I want to talk, I always want to talk about, okay, what, what does all this mean and how can we do it? And this isn't one with a real, you know, I like the one, two, three, you know, step one, step two, I guess. Um, but it's not always that simple, right? Sometimes it's about just enjoying the process. Like I, like I you know, sometimes you, you look back, you look back on that, whether it was wilderness trip, maybe it was a fishing trip you went on, maybe it was something fun you want to do with someone, you go, man, we were cold and we couldn't feel our fingers and all these different things happened. But you laugh about it later. That's what you, that's the part you love. You go, man, remember the kids were small and they were crying and fussing and it was crazy, but man, those are the things we remember. And so let's, let's know that the Spirit is with us in those moments. But I want you to think about this. Don't be content just to have the Spirit in your life. Oh, well, you know, I got baptized, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and I'm, I'm good to go. Here, we just kind of get through this thing. I, mean, I just want to get to where I'm going. I just want to survive. I just want to get through it. Don't be content just to have the Spirit, but ask God to fill you with His Spirit. Ask God to pour His Spirit out in you so strongly, but you can't live, happen to live any other way than the way He's created you then you can't do anything but the things that he wants you to do, the things that he made you to do. That sinful nature just goes away. And you ask God and you pray every day that God will fill you with his spirit. Maybe for you it's peace that you need to ask for right now. You look back at that, that list of the fruits of the spirit in Galatians. Maybe it's kindness. Man, I'm having trouble being kind to people right now. Maybe, maybe it's love. Oh, God, I just want to be full of your love. I want joy, God. What a, Ask God for that. Specifically pray, number one, for God to fill you with his spirit. And then number two, you look at that list and you say, what do I need in my life? And you ask God for that every single day. And I'm going to tell you, he will give it to you. He will put that fruit in your life. He will give those gifts to you. You will start to experience that if you regularly ask God for it. This is not just a one time, all right, God, preacher said it, so give me peace, and you wake up in a few days and go, no peace. This is an active participation. This, this is picking up your bag and putting it on your back and hiking up that mountain. There's a little bit of rain. There's a little bit of wind. The, your legs are getting tired. But this is every day saying, God, give me your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Lead me with your spirit. Give me peace, God, because I don't have peace in my life, and I want your peace in my life. Maybe for you it's goodness. Maybe it's faithfulness. Maybe you're going, man, God, I just need you to reveal yourself to me because I'm looking for you. I've been looking. I've kind of quit. I've kind of given up on looking, God, and I need faithfulness. I need your help, God. I would challenge you to pray daily for that. Ask God to give that to you and ask him and ask him. And ask, what did we talked about two weeks ago, ask and he'll give it to you. So be faithful. Wear him out in asking. All right, I want to get to chapter 6. I better stop preaching and, and read this to you. Chapter 6 says this, and, and I'm going to skip the armor of God. Please forget, somebody else can use that as their life first. But, but this is amazing to me. This is, and it took me a long time to, to catch this. But there's this whole passage about the armor of God, right? And the, the, the guy in me, the man in me, the Kevin Costner Western shoot em up guy in me. Man, we read about this armor. The, the, the buckle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, right? The feet are fitted with the readiness, and man, I'm ready to fight, right? I got this shield, and here, bring those dragons on, because I'm ready. And then listen to this. Put all that armor on. Put all the armor of God on. And then verse 18 says this. And pray in the spirit 
on all occasions. We'll back up just a second because I just put all this armor on and I'm ready to fight. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Hold on, did I miss something because I've got all this armor on and I'm ready to fight? And he says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. Did he say praying? Did he say to pray? Did he say to always keep on praying for all the saints? Did I just say the word all about 40 times? I think Paul's making a point here. I think he is maybe making a point that we're supposed to pray. I don't know. There's all this armor stuff and I'm ready to fight. And he says nothing about fighting. He says to pray. Always pray. Pray for all the saints. Pray all the time with all kinds of requests. I'm going, wow, all right, pray. It's not about the fight. It's not about the armor. It is about praying. And, and what does he say there? I love this part, this, this part, pray in the Spirit. Man, this Holy Spirit thing just keeps showing up. So we're walking by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. We're, we're walking in the way that the Spirit wants us to walk. We're praying in the Spirit. We've got the Holy Spirit as our guide. And again, I don't have all the answers, but it seems to me we want the Spirit to lead us. We want to, we want to rely on the Spirit. We want to walk in a line behind the Spirit. We want to do that together. It's not just about me doing it. It's not just about you doing it, right? It's about us all doing it. It's about all of us discerning together. Hey, what is the Spirit? Which way is the Spirit leading us? What is the Spirit? How is the Spirit guiding us? How is the Spirit guiding you? What is the Spirit saying to you at home? What is the Spirit telling all of us? And we do that together, and one of the big ways we do that right here, Paul tells us, is by prayer. So I want to try to wrap up. Mark, y'all can be kind of making your way up here. I want to tell you one last short story, and then we'll, we'll close and worship together. Last week in class, if you happen to join us, we talked about Mark chapter 5, and Jesus and his disciples, they cross the Sea of Galilee, and they, they get out on the shore, and this crazy man approaches them. He's, he's possessed by demons. He's cutting himself with stones. He lives, guess where? In the tombs. I mean, this guy is out of his mind, scary, crazy. And I would have been running the other direction. I would have been getting that boat back in the water. Jesus, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going that way because this guy is crazy. And what's amazing is that this scary guy that everybody, it says everybody would go a different way. Nobody wanted to be around this guy. They were scared of him. And Jesus scared the demons out of this guy. I mean, this guy was scared to death by Jesus. I thought this week, the things that scare us, guess what? Jesus scares them to death. When we look at our life and go, man, I messed up and I've fallen short and I, I didn't do things right. And Jesus says, do you know what Jesus asked that guy to do? That guy said, Jesus, let me come with you. And Jesus said, I need you to go witness to my people where you're from. I need you to go tell your family, tell your friends, tell your community what I've done in your life. And when we say, Jesus, I'm too messed up, he says, no, I need you. I need you to be filled with my spirit and to go share what I've done in your life with other people, with the people around you. That's what he wants us to do. And so that's what I invite you to do this week, whether you're online, whether you're here, wherever you are, don't believe the lie that I'm, I've messed up too much. I've made too many mistakes. I don't quite have my life together, a place where I can do this. Believe that Jesus wants to fill you with his spirit and he wants to equip you to do his work. Let's worship together.